Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Frank Malazzo, who during his near-death experience saw his grandfather on the other side, and today we're going to learn about that. Frank, thank you for joining me, and welcome. Yes, it's, an honor. it's an honor to be here with you and share my story. Thank you. Frank, let's start with a little bit of your backstory before we get into your NDE. Okay, sure. So when I was 17, uh, my grandfather uh, was dying of uh, emphysema, and my aunt had brought him to a house in Staten Island, so he would die at home, you know. So my grandma, she, she, had, she, she had my grandfather my grandmother there, and my grandfather was upstairs in the den, uh, on a couch. And anyway, we got a call from my aunt. My mother did, uh, but it was about one o'clock in the morning and that my grandfather was going to make it through the night. So my mother woke me up and of course, I, you know, I rushed right over. We rushed right over there. I drove and uh, we went up to the den and uh, my grandmother was up there. My, my uncle, I believe. And, uh, they had walked out. It was just me, my mother, and my grandfather. And I was sitting in a chair. My mother was sitting on the couch next to my my grandfather was on the couch laying down. And I was sitting on the chair. Like, it was a small room, so across the room. And uh, my mother was talking to my grandfather. And then my grandfather said to her, Rosalie, I'm so tired. And my mother said, rest that. And when she said that, his mouth dropped open and he had passed. But when he passed, I saw this like uh, mist or cloud come up out of him and the window was open and fly out of the window. And I, I was like, I said to my mother, Ma, did you see that? And she said, see what, Frank? And I said, not to forget, you know? So that's, that was my connection to my grandfather, you know? And that's amazing to be able to actually witness that. Yeah, I was, I, I, that was amazing it was, you know? That, I was like, I was like, where did that come from? I'd seen it come out of his body and, and just go right out the window. You know? So I was amazed. I was. Was this mist that you saw in human shape in any way? No, it was just, it was just like a mist, like a, a small cloud, like, you know, and it just came out of him the minute his mouth dropped. And right out, because the window was open behind him, there was a window, and right out the window. And I was like in shock. I was like, what did I just see? And my, I asked my mother, and she said, I said, did you see that? And she said, what, Frankie? I said, I, and I didn't say anything, because I didn't think she would believe me, you know? Did the mist come out of his entire body or out of one specific point? It came out of, like, his... His, like out of his chest, out of like between his chest, his torso, you know, it just came right out and and right out the window. It was fast. I mean, it happened fast. 
But mm-hmm. I saw it, and I know what I saw. And I didn't share that with anybody in my family because I, I thought, you know, they think, well, he's crazy, you know. So I didn't say anything. Was there anybody else in the room at the time? My mom. Besides, I mean, besides no, your mother? My, no, just me and my, my mother and my brother. Hmm. We just did three of us. Okay. All right. Well, let's move forward in time to the day of your NDE. Okay. Um, I was 21. Uh, I had just bought a new van. It was 1983. I was working in Manhattan uh, for a delivery service. We were delivering flats of paper, unbinded uh, magazines and stuff like that. Paper. Yeah, it was like 75 pounds, 100 pounds each box. So, okay. So I, I get a delivery to go to Lake Success, New York which uh, I believe is part of Queens or just above Queens. I'm not sure. So I go there, I make the delivery and I'm coming back. And I mean, I'm 21. I'm doing like 70 miles an hour on the highway. I want to get back so I can get more work, you know? And uh, I hit a sewer that had, it was a new a new part of the roadway. They just finished paving it and doing it over. And the machine must have went over the sewer and, uh, crushed the 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 the, the uh, cover up against the, the so when I went over the divider the the sewer it ripped my left wheel right off my van so my van smashed right into the the, the, the divider and rolled the divider for about 20 feet but the impact of the crash brought the whole van under, underneath underneath the chassis and I must have gripped the steering wheel so tight on impact that when I went to see the van, the steering wheel was cracked. It was split in half. But I hit my face on the steering wheel, and I had uh, hand trucks and dollies in the back. They came forward to hit me in the back of the head. And uh, my leg was crushed underneath the front of because the van came forward. Anyway, they had to take me out to the windshield when they came. And... Uh, and this is for, I had a gold chain around my neck. You know, Italian guys, we wore gold chains, you know. So I had a gold chain around my neck. I had cash in my pocket. And uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when I woke up, it, it was all gone. So anyway, so, okay, I, I crash. They take me out to the windshield. I go to the hospital, I'm in a coma. Uh, then I, I, I find myself in this room, this dark room. And I looked down. Now I'm in front of like an old world to jukebox. No music coming out of it, you know. And just the light from the jukebox on me because it was pitch dark. And, and I'm saying to myself, where am I? You know, and I looked down and there's all fog on the floor, like covering my feet. And, and I don't know where I am. I'm saying, where am I? What's going on? You know? And uh, I feel a hand come around my shoulder. And I look to my left and it's my grandfather. And he says to me, Frankie boy, you have to go back. It's not your time. We're not ready for you yet. And I said, okay, Grandpa. And next thing I know, I'm waking up in the hospital in this room. Uh, They had me laying on a sheepskin uh, uh, so I wouldn't get bed sores. And the nurse was leaning me, had me sitting up. The nurse was leaning me forward and washing my back. So when I woke up, she started screaming, he's awake, he's awake, you know? So 
I didn't know, I didn't even know where I was. I had no recollection of the accident that when I woke up. And then another nurse came to me and she said, you know, we have you in a room where you were ready to transport, you died. And I said, where am I, what happened, you know? She said, and she told me, you were in a bad car accident. You know, I, the first thing I did when I woke up was feel for my leg, because I couldn't feel my leg. And I felt the cast, because I had a compound fracture of my, my left leg. I broke my tibula and fibula. So I, that was the first thing I did. So anyway, so, I mean, my grandfather came to me, he sent me back, you know? And I believe the connection with my grandfather was uh, that I saw his soul leave his body and that was why God sent him to me because I would reckon, you know, I would feel, I, he, I would feel comfortable, you know, I wouldn't be afraid like if it was a stranger. You know? When you saw your grandfather, what age did he appear to be? He, 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 he was uh, like when he was younger I, that I remembered him, like maybe like in his 50s, because he was uh, in his 70s when he passed, you know. So when I saw him, I wanted to ask him, Grandpa, what am I doing here? You know, but, and we didn't speak by mouth. It was all telepathic, you know, like mind to mind. And, uh, but before I could ask him, man, he, he said those words to me that you have to go back. We're not ready for you yet. It's not your time. You know, it's interesting that there was a jukebox in the room. Yeah, you, you know why, Jeff? Let me let me let me tell you. Let me let me tell you why. When I was like 15, 16, you know, in Brooklyn, you have all different neighborhoods, and you always have a, a group of kids that are good friends that hang out together. You know, 10, 15 kids, boys and girls. Anyway, make a little short. So we we had that. You know, we were hanging out on the corn, you know, like that's what, what that's what you did in Brooklyn, you know. And uh, so there was a bar across the street and there was an old man, old lady on the bar. And in the winter, in one winter, they, they called us over and they said, listen, we, we have the back area of the bar where the jukebox is and the, the pinball machine and uh, uh, a shuffleboard, but a book for bowling shuffleboard. You used to come in here, you just can't drink, but you could stay in here, stay warm. So, you know, we went there. And that's the room that I found myself in when I had the NDE in that in that back room of the ball. You know, it was like I was saying to myself, where am I? But I knew I recognized where I was. But the jukebox where I must have thrown God knows how much money into, it was a different jukebox. It was an old world jukebox. So that's what threw me off. But the room, I knew where I was. You know, I was in that back room of the ball, you know. Was there music playing? Nothing. It was talked. There was nothing. I didn't hear no music. I mean, someone asked me on the side, "Did I see my body rise or anything?" I didn't, none of that happened to me. I just woke up in that. I just woke up in that room. You know, that's how it happened. Sometimes near-death experiencers, when they're on the other side, have this overwhelming feeling of love and happiness and bliss. Did you experience that? I felt that when I woke up. I was so calm. I, I just felt so peace. Even though I, I felt my face it was full of stitches, my teeth were knocked out, my my uh, front lip was split in half, and 
I was making jokes with the nurse. And she, because I asked, I said, do you have a mirror? And she goes, you don't want to see your face. It's all, you know, your nose is all swollen. You're all cut up. So I, I said, please. So she showed me the mirror and I looked at my nose. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm Italian, you know, so. I said, I said, nah, that's nothing. My nose has always been that big. And we started, and she started laughing and, she, and I started laughing. But I felt so peaceful, you know. I had such a peaceful, like it, it didn't scare me. And she goes, I can't believe you're making jokes. I said, well, what am I going to do? You know? But I felt so peaceful, you know. It's true. And I did, you know. When you were on the other side with your grandfather, did you make any connection like, oh, I must be dead? No, I didn't. I really, I didn't know where I was. I, I didn't know I died till the nurse told me, you know, uh, I, I, I was confused when I, I was like, what am I doing here? Where am I? Ever? I knew that I, I, I recognized the room, you know, uh, cause there was a doorway that went into the kitchen where they used to prepare food. And I seen the doorway there and, and you know, I, I just felt, I felt comfortable where I was. I wasn't afraid. You know, I, I I didn't have no fear, you know, so it, it was a strange, I was confused, but I was comfortable. I felt peaceful, you know, I wasn't afraid. And when my grandfather came to me, like it was, he was so like loving in his words, the way he spoke to me, he spoke to me softly, you know, and I just looked at him and before I could respond to him, I, I woke up in the hospital. You know. After the experience, did you notice that you had any new abilities that you didn't have prior that could be possibly considered psychic? I did find that I had the ability to adapt to situations that would otherwise, uh, you know, break other people, you know. And uh, I also, like... My mother's gone five years now, but she comes to me in my dreams and reassures me that everything's going to be okay. And I could see her. She, I could see, and she's young, and it's not, I, when I see her, it's not like when she was sick. And she's always young and beautiful, like when I was a kid. Where, you know, uh, I, uh, I could sense things happening before they happen, you know, like, and, uh, like when I walk into a room, I can read the room I found, you know. I also found that I had the ability to do things that I didn't have before. Like I taught myself how to drive a tractor trailer, how to operate heavy machinery. It was like whatever asked me, I you know, I said, Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I had no idea how to do it. But I taught I in in minutes I I was doing it, you know. So strange abilities that I have now that I didn't have back in the past, you know, yeah, things like that. I'm going to make an assumption here, but being Italian, most likely you grew up Catholic. Yeah, I went to Catholic school the whole nine years. Yeah. Did the NDE cause you to change any of your beliefs about religion? Uh, they're stronger now. I have a personal connection with God. Uh, I pray every night. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, these days I don't think I can get through the day. I pray for strength. He always answers me. 
my my faith is much stronger now, you know, because I mean, he brought me back and he brought me back for a reason. And I know he's got something in store for me and I know he wants me to do things. And I'm not a fanatic in any way, like, you know, you know, and I don't know if anybody's gonna get offended by that, but you know, I don't preach to people. I don't, I don't try to push my beliefs on people. I don't believe in that, you know? And, uh, but my connection with God is, is so strong now. He's stronger than ever. And my, my spirituality is so strong, you know? So yeah, I believe it, it has changed, you know? I mean, I always believe in God, but, you know, not as, as strong as it has been, you know? And what other ways do you feel like you've changed after your NDE? I become more compassionate, more loving. Uh, I want to give to others, you know. I want to help others. I have 25 years clean and sober. Uh, I want to. Sh- I want. I want to uh, share what I what I learned over those years with other re- people in recovery. You know, I want to help. I got this like desire just to help people. You know, like. Uh, like I said, I I feel like one of his missions that he brought me back was to take care of my parents. And I, I did that, you know, uh, took care of my mother and my father, you know, till they passed. Was holding my mother's hand when she passed, you know. Uh, yeah, I have a desire to help others. You know? Like I just, I, I, I don't know. I just want to give them myself, you know. Definitely. I definitely have changed, yeah. Has the memory of that experience faded over time? No, it hasn't. Never. It just, and recently it came back to me so strong. Like he like God wanted me to remember what happened. And uh, you know, it, 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 it's just been really so strong. You know, lately it came back. Why do you think it's come back stronger? Uh, well, I had told, I had told you earlier, I broke my shoulder a year and a half ago and I had to have a a titanium prosthetic put in. And I believe that I was straying from my faith and that God, I'm not going to say he did that to me because I never blame him for anything that happens in my life. I, I don't do that, you know? Uh, and, but I believe that that happened, uh, cause if he had to put me on a path to be stronger than I was, I believe I was getting weak. So he made me stronger because he, he knows that deep down, I know, uh, that he has things to do that I have to do, you know, for him, you know, so, and I've had experiences. I told you earlier about my experience. And that did make me stronger and believe in myself more. And uh, so I'm ready, you know, I'm just, I, at night I, I ask him, send me a sign, like, what do you want me to do? You know, what, what's my next thing to do? You know, so I talk to him every night, you know. Do you fear death at all? I don't, I don't, not at all. I, I have no fear of death, you know. I believe when it's my time, you know, he'll take me. And I'm not afraid of it. I'm not. If you had a friend that just lost a family member and was grieving, 
What kind of advice would you give them? You know, I would tell them that, you know, if they were suffering, you know, the, the old cliche, they're in a better place. You know, I, I, I don't like using that, you know, because that doesn't help someone that's grieving for you to say that, to, you know. Uh, I, I, I would sit and talk to them and, and ask, you know, tell them to think about the good memories they had of the person, you know, and uh, to hold on to those memories and not think about, you know, the, the sadness of them passing, just to hold on to the good memories of that person and always remember that. And, uh, you know, what can you really say to someone that's grieving? I have friends on Facebook, women that lost sons. And, you know, every day they're posting about how it's, it's ripping them apart. And it breaks my heart, you know, to see things like that. And like, I'll comment that, you know, it, that it breaks my heart to see you going through this, you know? And, but I mean, what do you say? What, what can you really say to someone that lost you know? When I lost my mother, I had no, you know, I had friends I reached out to that night when I, when I, when I lost my mother, I was holding a hand and she had passed two o'clock. So I stayed with her to six and went home to shower, asked the nurse not to move, went home, shower and went back. And then stayed with her, sat and stayed with her to eight and was talking to her until I couldn't take it. So, but when I got in the car uh, to drive home, I cry, I, you know, I had to be strong when she passed because I had phone calls to make. So I couldn't cry, you know. Yeah. And uh, when I got in the car, I was crying. I called a few people, you know, and they tried to comfort me. But what do you say to someone that's grieving? You know, you just try to comfort them. And what I would say is just think of the good times you had. You know, always hold on to them. Never let those memories go, you know, you know, and that they're always with you, you know, because I believe my mother's always with me, you know, so you, you got, you got to believe they're always with you and you'll see them again. You know, the, the time is going to come that you will see them again. You know? What inspires you about your experience? It was an amazing experience. I mean, something I'll never forget, something that that memory is right at the forefront of my brain, you know, I mean. I mean, for my grandfather to come to me and tell me it wasn't my time, you know, like when I woke up in the hospital and they brought me up to the room. So the first thing my uncles and my aunts were there, my mother, and the first thing to, I said to them was, I seen grandpa, he sent me back. And my uncle said to me, ah, oh, you were dreaming, you know? So, you know, I was like, I, in my mind, I knew I wasn't dreaming. I know what I saw, but that was his response. So like, I never brought that up again to anybody. You know, and recently I met someone, a woman that had near death experience. And uh, I mean, she's like, she's, I believe she was, she was sent to me as a guide to help me further my spirituality and to help me understand what I'm going through. You know, and she's a friend. She's a good friend. Matter of fact, she was a guest on your show. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm, I'm not going to mention her name, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she, she had a near-death experience too. And the funny thing is, she she was a, she was a friend of mine on Facebook, right? And I would post things about God, and she she 
messaged me. And I was like, who is this woman? Always liking myself. But she messaged me one day to ask me a question. And we started talking and she showed me her book because she wrote a book about it. And I was like, wow, that's you? Because, you know, I've, I've seen you on YouTube, you know, so I know. So, you know, God is doing things now for me where he's trying to, uh, I want to say, awaken me and inspire me to do what I'm meant to do. I just haven't figured that out yet, but I will, you know, I will. Do you feel like you're still processing the experience? In a way, I am, because I'm trying to figure out, like, why did he bring me back? You know, what is what what is it that he wants me to do? What is it? What mission does he? You know, what road does he want me to walk? What journey does he want me to go? And I tell a lot of people, like right now, it's just me and God, and you know, no, I don't I don't need family or anybody. I can as long as I have him, I could do it. You know, so. Uh, I, I yeah, I'm still processing it. I am. You told me this earlier that you died also as a child. Yes, you you didn't have any type of NDE experience, but I'm wondering since that did happen to you, somehow it fundamentally changed you, which gave you the ability to see your grandfather's spirit leave his body. Yeah, I was I died. I was hit by a car by a drunk driver when I was seven, and uh, not only did he hit me once. He knocked me down the street, and I guess he was. He said he 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 his foot slipped off the brake and hit the gas. But when I went down the street, he ran me over again. And this time, I went underneath the car and stuff. So I died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Where I had a severe brain injury because I was bending over to pick up a ball when he hit me. So he hit me right in my head, uh, and. Uh, so I died in the ambulance and I was bleeding. I had, I was bleeding on my brain. And uh, when I died in the ambulance, I don't know how long I was dead for, but by some miracle, it, the blood started coming out of my ear. So the pressure was relieved in my brain and they were working on me. So I came back, but I don't have any recollection of an NDE or, I mean, like I told you, I didn't even remember my parents when I woke up. But the thing is, the doctors told my mother, his brain injury is so severe and the bleeding that he's going to be, you know, uh, he, he's not going to be the same with himself. You know, he's going to be, you know, I don't want to use the word that I want to use because I find it offensive, but uh, he's going to be mentally challenged when he wakes up. And when I did wake up and I was fine. And when I went back to school, I, I was smarter than ever. I had this ferocious appetite to read. I just wanted to read as many books as I can. And I, I would stay up all day and all night. I would finish a book in like hours, you know, like, you know, we had the book club in Catholic school, you know, so I would order all these books and my mother, you know, would pay for them. But I had this ferocious appetite to read. And I would read as much as I could. And uh, yeah, it that, it definitely changed me in a way, in in some way, you know. Do you ever sit and think that you had two opportunities to leave this life, but you're still around, so you must be here for some purpose? That's I think about that all the time. 
and especially now because after I broke my shoulder and I went through that experience I told you, and it was something God did to, uh, I'm not gonna say to me, I'm gonna say for me, because it was a lesson I had to learn. And uh, I learned that lesson and made me stronger and more confident in myself. And that's why I believe he's prepping me to do whatever he brought me back twice to do, you know? Like, there's something he wants me to do. I just can't figure it out, but I will. I know the company. He sends me signs in certain ways that I recognize now that I don't think I would have recognized if I didn't have an NDE, you know? And uh, he puts people in my life now. Uh, it, now, now he's bringing people into my life and uh, I, you know I know he's got something in store I know he wants me to do something I know he does you know I, I feel you know I feel like I don't sleep I got insomnia for 15 years so if I sleep 3-4 hours a night I'm good you know and I'll go through the day I don't nap during the day I go for a 3 mile walk every day uh but at night, when I'm up, because I wake up like two, three in the morning every night, and I go outside and I look into the sky, you know, and I and I talk to him, you know, and I ask, what do you, you know, what do you want me to do? Like I said, I never blame him for nothing. I don't do that, you know. That's nothing. Nothing that happens in your life is, it's his fault, you know. It's it. That's consequences of your actions. That's what I believe. You know, you did something that caused what happened to happen. Now. Now you got to deal with the consequences. That's what I believe. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. That's Are fine you, with me. What's I'm, the best? What's the best Listen. way to reach you? Well, let me. What, what do you What do you suggest? Uh, I'm on Facebook, Frank Malazzo. They could always reach out to me there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to give my phone number on a podcast. You know, that would, I, I don't want to do that. You know? Yeah, I think but people can reach out. People can reach out to me on Facebook. I'm there, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, okay. Like like you did, just the way you did, you know? I respond, you know? Mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and, and if anybody needs to talk to me, I'm here for anybody because, like I said, I, I feel like one of the things he brought me back was for, is to help others, you know? So, like, I'm here for anybody. You know, I'll never turn anyone off. Well, Frank, before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? Life on life's terms is not easy all the time. And God will never abandon you. He'll always be with you. And at times when you feel alone, like you're walking the journey alone, you're not. He's carrying you. He's always with you, you know? So don't ever feel that he, he, he would abandon you because he won't. And you know, if you don't believe in God, listen, that's your belief. That's not my job to force my religion on you. And I don't judge, you know, because everybody has different beliefs. So, you know, live your life, believe what you want. Try to always stay positive. There's always something positive in a bad day. Something, something will happen during the day if you're having a bad day that you say, oh, you know what? Today's not so bad, you know, and that's it. Frank, thank you for that message, and thank you for being my guest. Jeff, thank you so much. I, I so appreciate you having me, and I so enjoyed sharing my story.
Thank you, Frank. And I hope I ho hope it helps others, you know. It will. I hope so. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.